World's on fire. Oh. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good, uh, what is this, Wednesday morning? <clears throat> Show number 1,827. Can you believe that? 1,827 wow. shows. That's an archive, isn't it? Uh, they, say, I, they say a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. My grandkids are going to listen to this year. from now saying, boy, Grandpa was crazy, right? Grandpa <laughs> was crazy. Yeah. Folks, I'm, I, look, now I got to tell you something. I'm really, really, I'm, I'm wound in about 17 different knots today. Because there's so much going on. The, the media has finally picked up on East Palestine. They finally picked up on that, right? The, probably the greatest in, in my lifetime, greater than Love Canal, greater than uh, any, any, any disaster we've had is what's happened in East Palestine, Ohio. And they're finally starting to pick up on it. And a lot of stuff I could talk about today, but uh, we're not going to talk about that today. And then we're not going to talk about it tomorrow because David Heaven is going to be with us tomorrow. And the reason David Heavener is going to be with us tomorrow is he's coming to my house today. And we're going to do some exploration of some things around here in this area. So David Heavener will be a guest tomorrow. Can you believe that? Back-to-back guests. I mean, geez, criminy. And then maybe Friday on Flea Flicker Friday, we'll be able to get into some more of this stuff about East Palestine. Because it's, hey, boy, are they lying to us again, huh? huh? Oh, the devil's a liar. He's not just a liar. He's a father of them. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I, I made myself some notes here, some things that are, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of a frog. Um, I want to thank Clay because Clay went behind my back and connected uh, Pastor Jennings so he could get in here with us today. Because Pastor Charles, an old guy like me, and he's not real tech savvy. And Clay got on there, got Jared on there, and got him set up. So I tip my cap to Clay. And by the way, Clay is sitting in Friday morning for John Diamond on uh, Brideon.tv. And I believe he's having Charles Jennings. I think Charles, I could be blown. I think he's that's true. Him. Yeah, he's going to yeah, be Clay on Friday. So the tip of the cap to Clay for for making all that happen for us here. I got a lot to talk about, but I want to dive right in. Let me let me. This guy here before he had Pastor Charles Jennings, he's got a story to tell, and he's one of the most uh, humble. Uh, Charles, I don't. I'm not blowing smoke up your rear end. I'm just telling you the truth. He's one of the most hum- humble servants of God that I know, and he has a ministry called Truth in history truth in history now that'd be pretty important wouldn't it rather than how many see the the government has lies in history they have they have a a show called lies in history and uh they pump it out charles has a ministry called truth in history and hey charles if you could take five minutes because you used to be a mainstream down the road evangelifish pastor right you were just part just going along playing that game with everybody else and following all those rules and regulations and something happened to you, Charles. What was it? Well, you know, I by was the, raised, by the way, by the way, Charles is in Tulsa, Oklahoma of all places. Yeah. Go ahead. I was raised in church, was raised in a good Christian home. And, you know, as you go to, as you grow up in the fifties and the sixties, everything seems to be okay. You know, the church seems to be sensible. Uh, we never heard of, some of the things that we have to talk about today, like Zionism or, you know, this crazy music that's invaded the church house. And, but the Lord, you know, I I went to Bible college, Assemblies of God Bible college, and I was licensed with the Assemblies of God for 10 years. And in 1976, you know, I knew something was wrong in the world, in our country, uh, why not speak out? You know, the it was Red Scare. The Red Scare was kind of coming to an end, but yet, you know, in 1976, it was the bicentennial 
you know, the Soviet Union's going to invade America and so forth. Well, they had already invaded America and our churches, our schools, uh, our government, all of our institutions, the communists had already invaded us. Well, you know, as a watchman, I began to cry out and speak out against these things. But I was told I was only, you know, like 26 years old at the time, but I was told, hey, you are too young to talk about the book of Revelation. Just preach the gospel. Well, <laughs> Revelation is part of the gospel. Amen. And, you know, I began to say things like, hey, who is our real enemy in this nation? America is deteriorating. Well, think of this in 1976 as compared to today. Well, America is decaying. Well, you know, they called me in at headquarters and said, you can't talk about this stuff uh, because, you know, you just need to preach the gospel. Well, their, their concept is just be a good little boy and go along with the program and help build, you know, this institution called the Assemblies of God. Well, I wasn't turned that way. The Holy Spirit had not designed me that way. So therefore, I said to myself, I have to be true to the word of God and to my convictions. And therefore, they gave me my walking papers. <laughs> Left foot of fellowship, huh? <laughs> and it was not it was not a fun experience, I'll have to admit. You know, I had a wife, small son, uh, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it set me free. Pastor that Charles, way, let me let me tell you something. I this I know this about me because I've been through that same thing. Brother, when they run you off. It's liberty, isn't it, brother? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You no longer have a control on you. You say, I'm free at last, free at last. Thank yeah. God Almighty, I'm free at last, right? <laughs> well, you know, we were living in western Missouri, and a couple that we knew that lived over close to St. Louis, all of a sudden, they drove up in our yard. And the woman got out of the car her and her husband, they both got out of the car and we knew them well. She walked up to me and she said, the Lord told me to come over here and to give you a message. And she didn't know any, anything about what we were going through. She said, when the three Hebrew children were in the fire, the only thing that burned was the ropes that held them bound. <laughs> And I thought, wow, that's a message from God. Amen. That's, I mean, the only thing, we were going through the fire. And the only thing that burned was the bondage. Amen. So it set me free. So, uh, well, I got Amen. a secular job. And I'm glad I have, I've worked at a secular job for many years. Uh, that's, that way I'm not beholding. To a religious institution. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Charles, let me stop because we got. I'm going to move you through this thing quickly. Spencer, okay. wake up there, Spencer. Throw up on the screen uh, his website, Truth in History. And by the way, folks, he sends out a a, a, a newsletter every every couple months. Pastor Charles. Well, every four every four months. Just every four months. Every it's a beautiful beautiful. Thing it comes to you, uh, emails it right to you if you want to sign up for his newsletter. But here's his website, Truth and History, and we'll talk a little bit about this because he started his own mis- ministry. Uh, he did uh, satellite TV. He, I mean, this this, this guy is, he's been after. He's not real technically savvy on the internet yet, but uh, he's working on that. And then he has a YouTube channel called What Truth and History on YouTube. Click on that, Spence, folks. You, I'm telling you what. After you're going to hear Pastor Charles today. You go to YouTube, there's his truth and history of sermons and teachings that he has done. Now, listen to me. He's going to teach you stuff. A lot of it against probably what you've heard. Probably. A lot of what he might want to say to you might actually shake 
might burn some ropes off of you. You better be careful because he is going to tell you the truth about what? Our Christian biblical history. That's why he's one of my favorite guys. Every time I hear him talk, my head is just spinning. And we spoke last week about the the uh, the four-part series he could talk about, the genealogy of Adam. Man, did that ever blow up. I, I heard from more people on that, Pastor Charles. We uh, we played some of it, and I put it in our chat, and I told people, you got to watch this. you got to watch this. So, Charles, I don't know where you want to go today, but I'm going to open it up. And here's what, here's what I want. Okay, Charles, here, are you ready? I was reading the other day. We were talking about the other day. The Bible says not all Israel are Israel. Huh? And Jesus said, it was Jesus himself, those words in red, those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. What does that mean, Charles? Well, you know, Coach, this is a, this is a big subject, and I pray that I can do justice to it. But as we read the Bible, if, if, if a person was given the King James Bible and he was on an island and he was all by himself without the influence of Bible teachers or pastors or whatever, he'd start reading in Genesis about Adam and then he would come to Noah and he'd come to Shem and Heber and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and so forth and come right on through to the to the last book of the Bible and was asked, what is this book about? He would have to say, this book is about one family. It's about the family of Abraham. Now, you know, I am not out. It's not my purpose to offend anybody, it's not my purpose to insult anybody or uh, anything along that line. But the gospel that has been contained in this wonderful book we call the Bible has been watered down, has been compromised, has been diluted to fit anything, any culture, anywhere. I mean, it's it's a it's a book that has lost its fight. Biblical transplants—that's what it is, isn't it, Charles? They cut That's a little piece did. out and they they plug it in there, and they cut another piece out here and they plug it in there, and the next thing we know, we've created a Frankenstein Christianity. But in in short, in in a brief comment, when going back to Bible history, when God called Abraham. He said, your family will be a blessing to all the other families of the earth. Now, what family exists today that's been a a blessing to all the other families of the earth? Now, that promise that God gave to Abraham, he made a covenant with Abraham. And we all remember in uh, in Genesis chapter 22, when... Abraham was sacrificing his son, Isaac. The Lord swore, and he said, I swear by myself because I cannot find any other higher authority that I'm going to make a covenant with Abraham. Well, that covenant was a unilateral covenant. In other words, God swore that he made this covenant regardless of, He didn't even uh, ask Abraham's permission. You see, the Mosaic covenant is a bilateral covenant. He, because on at Mount Sinai, the Lord said, now Israel, you do all these commandments. And the people of Israel said, whatsoever you say we will do. That's a two-party agreement. But the Abrahamic covenant, was a one-party agreement. It was a unilateral covenant. So that covenant has never been rescinded. The Abrahamic covenant says that I choose the family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob as my special uh, instruments in the earth, 
and he called them his wife and he became the lord became a husband unto israel because he married israel at mount sinai and that marriage was broken because of their sin and therefore in 745 to 721 you know the assyrians came in took the israelites out through uh, their kingdom into their kingdom the assyrian kingdom and in about and i know i'm jumping around and, and you're doing great and you're like, doing great you're doing great but in in 721 745 to 721 BC, there were several different deportations of Israel. And that is all 12 tribes. You know, we hear about the lost 10 tribes, but the word lost doesn't mean that God can't find them. It mean the word lost means put away in punishment. You see, Israel was God's wife and she was unfaithful. And the Lord divorced Israel and, quote, put her away. So therefore, she was, quote, lost. Well, where did these people go? That's the main question that we have to ask. When you have millions of people, you they don't fall into a hole in the earth. They don't fall off the edge of the earth. They don't fly away to heaven. <sighs> God had a plan for them because that covenant of Abraham is still in effect. So when they were in the Assyrian Empire, the Assyrian Empire began to weaken approximately 100 years after the Israelites arrived there. So after they, after the Assyrian Empire began to weaken because of media and Babylon, uh, Medo, uh, Babylon was coming up in its power. Assyria was going down in its power in the earth. Those Israelites left. Where did they go? They traveled across the Caucasus Mountains. That's why we are called Caucasians. They crossed the Caucasus Mountains. Some of them spread into the Mediterranean world, you know, Italy, Greece, uh, et cetera, uh, Asia Minor, what we now call Turkey. But the bulk of them crossed the Caucasus Mountains and went into Northwestern Europe and founded the 10 nations of Northwestern Europe and went into the British Isles. Now, when Jesus came along, in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, he says, go not into the way of the Gentiles, but go and seek the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Matthew 10. We can pull that up there real quick, Pastor Charles. Uh, pull that up. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse <laughs> 4 and 5. Now, what did Jesus mean by that? Uh, he also said that. In Matthew 15, 24. So right there, folks, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the ways of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Might be a good idea to figure out who those people were, huh, Charles? Yeah. Where else, where else, did, you, where else did it say? You gave this scripture another one? In Matthew 15, verse 24. So, but he answered you know, and said, it's not meat. I'm sorry, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, who would that be? Yeah, who would that be? Now, the, the words of Jesus are weighty. They mean something. But these this concept has been has been ignored by the church. This is what I got in trouble with, with the Assemblies of God way back in 1976 because i asked the question well the command of our lord himself go to the lost sheep of the house of israel well where are they at <laughs> who are they well, i turned out to be one of them you're one of them you see because 
when they crossed those Caucasus mountains, that's why we're called Caucasians, they settled in Northwestern Europe and the British Isles and crossed over to North America. Well, and also New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, you know, and, and established this great, these great nations because the one of the promises to Abraham was that kings and nations shall come out of your loins. You see all these different nations, but one family. So when I began to ask these questions, I got into trouble, but, but yet it's the, it's the, it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to admit. Pastor Charles, would it be would I, would it be safe? Would it be fair for me to say that if you go anywhere in the known world today, where you find the gospel of the kingdom of God being preached, at the very you follow back the trail. This sounds awful; makes people nervous. You're probably going to find a white man who took it there. Would that be right, Pastor Charles? Absolutely, absolutely. Somebody from the Caucasus Mountains went into went into. Charles, do you think the Apostle Paul went to England? There's there's evidence that he went to England? Well, you know, on my website, uh, not website, but on the YouTube, uh, I recently put up the documentary, St. Paul's Visit to Britain. I don't know wow. if you've seen that. <laughs> How many knew that? How many knew St. Paul went to Britain? And there is in... I forgot what year I went over there now, Uh, 2010, 2012, something like that, went, there you go, I went over to Britain and interviewed these different men, ministers, and so forth, showing that the Apostle Paul went to England, and he went there, I mean, in, in the book of Acts, Chapter uh, 9, what did the Lord tell Paul through his servant Ananias? He said, (laughs) you're a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, which means nations, kings, and the children of Israel. So Paul was in, he had two Roman imprisonments. And between those two Roman imprisonments, you know, he was let let out of prison. He he was free. Where did he go? Now, it's very, it was very easy to catch a ship from Palestine all the way to Great Britain because the Roman Empire had extended its authority all the way up to the Scotland line what we call Hadrian's Wall, in uh, right there at the edge of England and Scotland. And why did uh, Roman merchants go there? Because England was the place where they got the tin in the Mendip mines of, of England. That's where they mine the tin. So the Roman ships were going up there and they hauled passengers. Now, in one of my trips to England, I went to Bath, B-A-T-H. And we've all heard of that. Well, why did they call it Bath? Because of the warm water that's there. Mm-hmm. And that warm water is still flowing. And and that's the original building that was there during the Roman Empire is still there. And there's a, a lot of signs on the wall concerning some of the politicians and the celebrities of Rome that actually came there and would bathe in that warm water, just like Hot Springs, Arkansas. So it was, it was very likely that Paul caught a ship and came to southern England, and he landed in County Kent, which is over 
in the southeast corner of England. He came up the River Thames and preached at Ludd and Broadway intersection where St. Paul's Cathedral is located. Okay, today. okay. Listen, you got you know way too much. Let, let me dig in here a little bit, Pastor Charles. And then I want to then I want some people to get in here. Folks, just go to his website. There's all kinds of great stuff there. So so uh uh can can I dive right into it, uh Charles? Because I'm sure, sure you've been accused of being a white supremacist, an anti-Semite, a Jew hater. They've thrown all that stuff at you, Charles. How do you respond to that? Because, folks, I don't know if you're picking up on this. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, migrated over the Caucasus Mountains into Great Britain, into Europe, and then then to the whole world because it first went to, well, Charles, you racist. Can you explain to us exactly what, what it is that uh, you believe the truth of history, that whole thing? Well, you know, when someone calls you, an anti-Semite, most likely they don't even know the definition of the word Semite. Because if you go back into the Bible, that term Semite or Shemite comes from uh, one of the sons of Noah, which is Shem. Well, Shem had more sons than just one. And out of his loins, in one uh, one son, you know, came Eber and Abraham. Well, what about the other sons, the Arabs? Uh, some of the uh, some of the other people. I mean, the Shemite people includes a lot more than Jews, mm-hmm. because Israelites are Shemites. So I so, wouldn't be calling myself an anti-Semite. So, 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 so hang on. So Charles, I get it. So Charles, all Jews are Hebrews, but not all Hebrews are Jews. And we have a tendency when we think of Israel, we say the Jews, that's like just pulling out one faction of the entire Hebrew nation. Am I making a good picture there, Charles? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, all all Texans are Americans, but all Americans are not Texans, <laughs> you know. Oh, you're you're making people nervous. You're making them nervous. You know the the big accusation in this country is that uh, it, it seems to be the the last weapon that the progressive movement, the left movement, uh, you know, the whatever you want to call them. They picked up on this term, you are a racist. Well, you know, now they've got certain foods are racist. Certain trees are racist. Uh, certain pieces of yeah. furniture are racist. Yeah. You know? we, get it. I, we, get, we get it. We get it. We get it. Charles, listen, listen. Okay, so Charles, I hear it over and over. The Jews are God's chosen people. But they're not. <laughs> you see, you know, I have a booklet right here, and I, I I made up this booklet for this very reason. I've entitled it "In Search of Jewish Identity." There are six different ways a person can become a Jew. You know the word. Jew. Hang on a second, Charles. Hang on a second. Stay right on that thought. No, he's not anti-Semitic. No, he doesn't hate Jews. Quit letting that play over and over and over and over in your head. That they've programmed you that when anybody speaks the truth about history, they're racist, bigoted, homophobic. Stop it already. Go ahead, Charles. That's mm-hmm. right. You're you're right, Coach. The word Jew is a contraction of the word Judah. So in the Bible, going way back, you know, when uh, the the sons of Jacob, one of them was named Judah. Well, if you were a, a member of that Judah tribe, you could have been called a Jew. But 
folks. Not all, the of the word, children, not all of them, not all the children, not all the tribes were Jews. That's right. Just the, just the tribe of Judah. Just, just the boys. tribe of Judah. But yet that word Jew is a tricky word because Jewish scholars will tell you that the word Jew, as we know it today, or Judaism, never came into existence until after the Babylonian captivity. So that's long after the man Judah himself was dead because they were known as Judahites. But after the Babylonian captivity, they became, for some reason, they became known as Jews. Okay, Charles, hang no. on a minute. So here's the, here's the Dobbenmeyer clan. We're Christians, right? We're, and, and so my children are Christians. Their, uh, their, child, their children are Christians, supposedly, right? right. But, but at the same time, not every one of their kids maintain that faith, right? That's and right. Not, they don't even maintain that bloodline. My, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren may not even identify as Dobbenmeyers because their father might have a different name. And that different name, they become Ingemans, they become uh, Cressups, they become all these other things. They were of my tribe, but yeah. they're not Dobbenmeyers, right? They're not Dobbenmeyers, right. they're whatever. So folks, understand words and the meaning of words and the, the mixing of religions and all that stuff to get to where we are today, to where we don't even, where the Bible says, those who say they are Jews and are not, this is pretty significant. Oh my God, I'm sorry I'm all over the place, but this that, is- that's okay. We, okay. can't, we can't do this in an hour. We can't do this in an hour. Okay. The, number one, if you were actually of the tribe of Judah, you were a Judahite. Uh, that's number one. Mixed blood. Judah had a Canaanite, half Canaanite son. I mean, we can't go into all of this. This is going way back in the book of Genesis. Um, so then you have. The, so he married Judah. Right, so Judah married out, married out, had a child outside the tribe. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he did. All right. All right. So now you have mixed blood Judah, I Canaanite person. Mm. Number three, proselytes to Judaism. Between the two, what we call the two testaments, between Malachi and Matthew, basically, was 400 years, approximately 400 years, what we call the intertestamental period of history. There were many, many proselytes to Judaism. Now, Convert, I, I, folks, converts. People who convert to the religion of Judaism, not to the tribe of Judah. Those aren't the same, are they, Charles? They became followers of Judaism, but they were not of the lineage of Judah. That's correct. Now, I encourage people to read Jewish history books. I've read several of them. Uh, When you read Jewish history books, you know, written by some rabbi or some Jewish historian, you're getting it from the horse's mouth. They tell their own history. And it's some of it's good, some of it's bad, just like everybody else. But they will tell you that tens of thousands of converts or proselytes came into Judaism. We have to think out of, out of, outside the box. When you go to church, I know I'm bouncing around, but generally oh, when you go to church yeah, yeah. these days, you mm-hmm. sit there like a cabbage head and you just soak in whatever the preacher says, and he may not even be close to historical accuracy, and you never question what he says. Mm-hmm. So when he says every Jew today has an unbroken genealogical line all the way back to Abraham, Somebody ought to stand up and say, Mister, you don't know what you're talking about. Because (laughs) they will tell you themselves, they do not even come close to being Abrahamic. Because you've got you've got 
all these proselytes during these 400 years. Well, you've got proselytes to Judaism today. Well, Sammy Davis Jr. was a Jew. Marilyn Monroe was a Jew, uh, but not by tribe. So, so Charles, it would be safe to say when Jesus said, those who say they are Jews and are not, what he was saying is those who say that they are of the tribe of Judah, they're of the tribe of Judah and are not. Because the Jew has become so broad, you can convert to it, you can whatever. So the blinage, see, those who say they are Dobbenmeyers and are not, right? You you follow me, folks? It's a name of a lineage. And so what we're seeing right now are people who are saying they are of the tribe of Judah and they are not, are they, Charles? It's not a bloodline. Oh, my goodness, folks. Oh, my goodness. You, You know, it's, well... In 120 BC, 120 years before Christ, I'm speaking in generalities, 120 years before Christ, a man by the name, a Jewish fellow by the name of John Hyrcanus, he was a Maccabean. He was, he was an army general. He goes over, he goes over to Edom or Idumea as the Greeks called it. They were Edomites. That's the country south and east of the Jordan River in Palestine, south and east of the, quote, Canaan land, holy land, whatever you want to call it. He converted the Edomites. The Edomites were from Esau because Esau is equivalent to Edom, going back in the Old Testament. So when he converted them, Herod, the man that was on the throne when Jesus was born, was an Edomite by blood and and Judaism by religion. Mm. So why didn't he hate? Why did he hate Jesus? His lineage going all the way back to Esau, they were perpetual enemies of God's people, Israel. They were wicked. It was Esau that wanted to kill his brother. That's right. Well, that hatred. Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. That's right. So why can't we stand up in the pulpits today of America and tell the people, hey, the authority that wanted to kill Jesus Christ when he was born was an Edomite. Well, when the authorities in the religious authorities in Palestine during the time of Christ, they were of Edomite blood. You see, they adopted Judaism. They became educated. They became what we call Pharisees, Sadducees, <laughs> and Herodians. Oh, my goodness. You see, these Herodians was a political pop, uh, party to support Herod to keep him in power. Oh. And then you've got these high priests. Uh, make Israel great again. Maybe we need a hat. Make Israel great again. Huh? Is, that what, is that what we need? You see, you've got these. <laughs> Uh, you've got these religious people, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, 17 different times in the book of John, they sought to kill our Lord. Well, they finally succeeded in getting him arrested. And who arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? It was not Roman soldiers. It was temple soldiers. It was those that were under the command of the high priest. You teach his commandments and doctrines of men, making the word of God of none effect. Charles, I want to cut you off. I get it. Get it. This is important. So look, I'm going to open it up here in a second, Charles. Question for you, Charles. Are you sitting down? Yes. Is everybody else sitting down? Everybody (laughs) sitting down? Okay. Here's the question of the day. Who's Israel today, Charles? Long story short, the Israel of today is a family 
under different nationalities, but it's the Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, and related people. That's the true Israel people of today. The ones who took the gospel to the kingdom, right? The ones who took the gospel to the world. I I have I've written a a track here, and and I'm I'm willing to send any anybody a track that will ask for it. Uh, are the Jews really the Israel of the Bible? I have plenty of these left. Possibly you may already have one, Coach. If not, I'll send you one. <laughs> and I've I've listed several different things there. I mean many. Identifying the marks of true Israel from the Bible. The Jews today are not the Israelites of Scripture. The Jewish historians themselves will tell you that that they cannot trace their ancestry back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hold your ears, Charles. Boom! How long have I been saying that, folks? How long have I been saying that? That if you follow the lineage, you will not. There is none, right? There is none. That's right. Well, you know, you see, here's another way that a lot of people became, quote, Jews. And that is just strictly by geographical location. I was not born in Texas. But I, if I would move there and live there, then I would be considered a Texan. You'd be wearing yourself a cowboy hat and boots, wouldn't you? Sure. But really, I would not be a Texan by birth. So when people move into the land, they moved into the land of Palestine. They became known as Jews. Wow. You you know, it's history sometimes is complicated, but yet when you think about it, it's, it's, it's simple to figure out because you know, people have always moved around. How many states have, have you been in, Coach? You've been, been in, in 48, yeah. you yeah. see? So because people move around. And I've lived in seven or eight states myself. Well, they did the same thing back then. Sure, they did. Charles, let me cut you off here because we're running out of time. Folks, how, Charles, how do they sign up for your newsletter? Where I'm looking at your website, on your website, which is up on the screen right now. Folks, he'll send you that monthly uh, uh, three times a year. You get a nice little booklet. I mean, folks, I couldn't recommend a website more than this one if you really want to learn some history. Now, they're going to call you a Jew hater. They're going to say, anti-Semitic. got to wear that hat because that's going to that's gonna come with it. But do you want to know the truth or not? They're right there, okay, on this, right there on this website, uh, uh, Truth and History. You can go there at the bottom. There's a way to order and be part of it, get on the newsletter. Well, you can you can call my um, 800. It's not an 800 number, but it's an 866 number. Um, 866. 866. Yeah, it's right. I'm sorry. 645-2921. There it is. 866. You can call. You can talk to Charles Jennings. He'll send you the material, folks. Yeah. entitled, Suppose We Are Israel, What Difference Does It Make? Wow. I have, I have a box of these left, and I need to move them out. <laughs> uh, send, them, send them to me. I'll hand them out. <laughs> you know, it's it's a small little booklet. It'll practically fit in your pocket. And I made it that way for people can carry it in their purse. or, uh, And if you call this number, I'll be glad to send it to you. Coach, if you want several of them, I'll send, send them to several me. of send them to you. And send them. And folks, I want to say publicly that man right there is a great supporter financially of Pass Assault Ministries. Just so I want, I I want to say that he doesn't. I, I, I'm just telling you. I'm just, go ahead, I, I, want, I don't know how much time we've got left, but I want to mention. Minutes. You know, we love America. Now I. I'm going to just be blunt. I hate my government, but I love my country. You're in a good, you're good company, brother. Um, I I just, I just hate my government. Uh, 
But anyway, there's one thing that America has that no other country on the planet has. We have the best Congress money can buy. <laughs> you know, and you know what I mean by that. I do, brother. I well, do sure. who has bought the Congress? Israel. That is APAC. American Israeli Political Action Committee. Mm. The Zionist owns our Congress, both mm. Republican, Democrat, uh, and yep. whatever else. Amen. Amen. They own it. They will Amen. admit it. Amen. And I hold in my hand right here. I do not sell this book. I don't handle this book. But I bought this book entitled The Israeli Lobby. If anybody wants to be educated in the Jewish Zionist influence in American politics, read this book. It's called The Israeli Lobby or Israel Lobby by uh, the words are too small. John Mearsheimer and, uh, and John Mearsheimer. Yes. And Stephen M. Walt. Oh, now, man, oh, man. If you don't want to buy the book, look him up on YouTube. John Mearsheimer, M E A R S H E I M E R. Somebody stick out in the chat, please. Mearsheimer. Highly educated, a professor with degrees that knows his stuff. Uh, Charles, and, look, Char- Charles, I got 13 minutes. I got some people want to ask you a question. This is okay. a, this is the lightning round, all right? Lightning round. Hey, folks, tell us your story, not your life story. Tell us your story, not your life story. Mark Trump, go. Yeah, one of the things is after everyone crossed the Caucasus Mountains, all the different tribes mixed, and there's been proof that all the blood mixed, like many, many, many generations ago, it was impossible for us to not have Jewish blood. With that said. We got mixed tribe blood, all of us, that came across the Caucasus Mountains, all of us. Now, we could fuss and argue about whatever that means, but there's 12 tribes. And in some ways, the blood wasn't protected so that all the Edomites only made Edomite children. So how is that sorted out, if you know, or what's your thoughts on that? Wow, good question. Well, well, if I understand your your question uh when the when the 12 tribes crossed the the caucasus mountains you know uh and established their own different nations so to speak yes they they did mix the the tribes did mix with one another the israel tribes they did mix with one another so i cannot say oh i'm strictly of the tribe of benjamin or I'm strictly of the tribe of Simeon, you know, but as a family, the Israel family still exists today. Amen. But many of them marry outside of Israel. I mean, which I think is the wrong thing to do, but God made a promise and it's this promise that he made that he swear by himself that the Abrahamic covenant would always exist. And God gave seven witnesses that Israel would always be in existence. It didn't mean that every uh, Israelite is a Christian or wouldn't violate, you know, the marital laws, but he gave us seven witnesses that Israel would be in existence and the throne of David would exist. And that is the sun, the moon, the stars, heaven and earth, day and night. And that's, those are found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, 33. And he said, as long as the solar system is working, Israel, my people, will be in existence. Okay, Charles. So, so Charles, does an unsaved Jew, a non what do we call them? Messianic Jew. Does a, the average Jewish 
devout Jewish person you come in contact with, do they go to heaven simply because they were God's chosen people? No. They're just as lost as a Muslim? Yes. They're just as lost as a pagan? John Hagee, this is what John Hagee has said in his book, and he's on YouTube somewhere, and you could hear him say it, that the Jewish person today, you know, the average, you know, person that calls themselves a Jew, he said they do not need Jesus Christ because they have a special covenant with God going back to the Old Testament. Unbelievable. That is blasphemy. Amen. If anybody is going to be saved, there is only one way possible. Reggie, come on in. I am the way. I am the truth. I love you, Charles. Jesus said, I am. So why does John Hagee and these other big shot rich preachers take that stand? Because they are Zionist. They can go over there to this political state called Israeli and wine and dine with the prime minister, with uh, with uh, Netanyahu. You yep. see, they're big shots. They're oh, in bed with the enemy. Help us, Lord, help. Hang on, Charles. Reggie, get in here. Get in here, Reggie. Then Brett after him. Pastor Charles, when I, I was combing the, the historical books of every Catholic church I could find years ago, and and the internet, the dial-up, I had to have an answer as well, something within me. It led me, because I was, my research was, where is the, the, the council now? And, and I don't think it is where it is. I don't know if people have ever got, gone down this rabbit hole, but what I found were photographs, and then I interlinked the Jerusalem with Rome. So Paul VI, Batista, he wore the ephod of Caiaphas. So, you know, people say Rome runs the world. I think that's where it sits. I mean, I could go on forever, but coach said to make it quick. But what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't quite understand uh, what you were saying. The priesthood. We know that the priesthood of them secretly kind of went hidden. It's not with the Orthodox Jews. It's not with them. It's somewhere else. And I think it's in Rome. Well, the if I if Reggie, I Reggie, your, listen, hey, Charles, Reggie, we're going to save this for after, for the after show because I want to get some of these others in here real quick. Hey, you know me; I don't. I'm not h- trying to hide anything. I just want to get some others in. We can do the discussion in the after show. Go, Brett, you're in. Okay, hey, great show, great show, Thank Pastor. You. Thank you. Yep, you got it, Coach. Hey, uh, Pastor Jennings, um, who did the Germans kill, and why, in the prison camps? Well, um, that that could be controversy, but I yeah, yeah. It, it's controversial. Some people deny that the quote Holocaust ever happened. I don't I don't deny it. Something happened. Uh, were there six million killed? Mm, well, no. probably mm. not. Uh, but they come up with that because one Jewish man wrote a book and called the Holocaust industry. I have that book. I've read it. It is an industry and it's a profitable industry. Now there's another book that was written by a Jewish man by the name of Edwin. Um, his name was Edwin black. If I'm not mistaken, called the transfer agreement. Now the transfer agreement was this. And, and and I'm taking this from this Jewish scholar's book that Hitler and the rich Zionist, that is the Rothschild family type, they had an agreement. And their agreement was what we want out of World War II <laughs> is a state. We want the state of Israel. Quote, Israel. Israeli is what it's called. We want the state of Israeli. That was so the Balfour Hitler Agreement. Agreed. The Balfour Agreement. Hitler, Hitler agreed 
that he would work with the Zionists, the rich, the powerful. He did not kill. He killed the common Jew because killing those people was good for political influence. When the world would sympathize with the Jewish people and and in support of establishing the state of Israel. Charles, how many bloodline, direct bloodline Jews are there in the world today, you suppose? Well, you know, that's, I, I personally, I think very few, quote, Jewish people today have any Israelite blood in them because most of them are Ashkenazi Jews, Sephardic Jews, and Khazars. Now, hey, folks, you won't hear this anyplace else, will you? You know, you can do whoever you want to. You won't hear this truth anywhere because Charles Jennings is a Jew hater. He's an anti-Semite Jew hater. You understand? You follow the game? You know, there's a coach. There's a lot of things, a lot of questions that I can't answer. But I have tried to be honest with hard questions, with a hard matter, with a difficult subject. And that is, I've tried to read the other man's material. I've tried to read the Jewish material. And another book, The Thirteenth Tribe by Arthur Kessler, he shows that the majority of the Jews in the world today are Khazars, and that Khazarian kingdom was in what we now call the southern Russia. And in 740 AD, they had they were a Turco-Mongolian people, and they had no religion. So they interviewed the ambassadors of three religions, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. And they adopted Judaism, and they became, quote, Jews. And those are the Jews that migrated when the Khazarian kingdom broke up. They they migrated into Hungary, Poland, Germany, etc. Well, where did they come? They came over here. They landed so, in New York. Uh, so Charles, so Charles, so, so Charles Jennings, in nineteen twenty. If I understand this right, let me see. You are a white man who happens to be Christian, or are you a Christian? Who happens to be white? Right? Because, folks, those two approaches are not the same. Do you understand that? Charles Jennings is not identified by his skin color. They call it a race. There is no such thing as a race where a human race is an ethnicity, certainly. But Charles Jennings is a Christian who happens to be white. Vinny is a Christian that happens to be black. He's not black and happens to be a Christian. We have it totally backwards. Vinny, misdirection. It's all misdirection. Because remember, he's a liar and the father of lies. Go, Charles. Even amongst all this information that we have, I want to stress that I am a Bible-believing Christian that had an absolute life-changing experience with Jesus Christ when I was nine years old. And uh, that's that's the bottom line today. Are you saved? Are you covered by the blood of Christ? Are you ready to meet your maker? Are you ready to meet, stand before the Lord God Almighty and give an account of our life? Well, I want to stress this. Now, why is it that so many preachers today, it you know, like these t- television preachers, they, they've got a, too much money. They've got too much influence. Uh, you know, they're going up and, and being invited to all these big meetings, uh, political meetings, et cetera. Uh, they're just they're just playing their cards. It, it's a it's a political religious game. Why are they pandering to a group of people that denies the deity of Jesus Christ? You see, we hold this Bible in our hand, 
we believe this book called the Bible contains the words of life. It also identifies the enemies of Christ. They that say they are Judahites and are not, but do lie, and they're the synagogue of Satan. Truth well, and Charles, these... we... go, go ahead. We'll finish up. We got to go. Go ahead. Okay. Why do these big preachers always pandering to the Jewish element? Mm, boy, oh boy. You know, um, they, they know are... which, which side their bread, their, buddy, uh, their bread is buttered. Truthinhistory.org. Oh. Throw that back up there real quick. Truthinhistory.org. You can sign up for the newsletter. Tell them you want those books. Email him, whatever. Give him a phone call, all that. Hey, folks, anti-Semitic, give me a break. Give me a break. I love all of God's people, whoever they might be. And I pray that the Jews would come, the Hebrews would come to the knowledge of the truth, just like everybody else. But I'll be daggone if I'm going to elevate one, no Jew, no Greek. And now what he said, no male, no female. When are we going to get it? Charles, hang in there with us. We've got an after show. I'm sure people want to talk to you a little bit more. God bless you, folks. We'll see you tomorrow.